Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Zulema Tang-Martinez wanted to join the protests sweeping the U.S. earlier this year. She has a long record of activism that dates back to her days as a student at Berkeley in the 1960s and 70s. But the University of Missouri-St. Louis biology professor emeritus is now 75. She has some health conditions. How could she join in without taking unnecessary risks? Well, the solution for Tang Martinez was a car caravan. And on June 20th, the protest she organized found big success. More than 200 cars joined the queue. That's well more than she'd anticipated. And so joining Joining us today to talk about that protest and marching for justice when maybe you shouldn't be out there marching is Zulema Tang Martinez. So Zulema, welcome to the show. Thank you. You got a huge turnout for this car caravan. Did that surprise you? Yes, actually. Um, I helped to organize it with a group from um, Momentum, which is a, a group that was formed in uh, December of 2016 to advocate for democratic principles and for human rights and social justice. And so a group of us organized it, a small group. We were expecting somewhere between 30 to 50 cars to show up. Mm -hmm. And we were amazed when we arrived at the staging uh, place, the big parking lot at Centennial Commons in University City to see the number of people that were already there and they just kept pouring in. Hmm. And to the point that towards the end, just before we started, cars could fit into the parking lot. And so cars were lined up on Olive, uh, waiting for the caravan to. Hmm. Do you think people were looking for a way to express their solidarity without having to be out there on the streets and you know spreading COVID or being on their feet marching? Yes. Absolutely. I think that um, there are many people, uh, including, all, I, I would say, probably all the people that took part in the caravan, who, for one reason or another, um, are concerned about COVID. Uh, um, many participants were older, so just by our age, we're in a high risk. But many people also had... Uh, pre-existing medical conditions that put us at especially high risk. Mm-hmm. And so many people, the feedback we, we got as we began organizing the caravan and advertising was that we were extremely anxious to show their solidarity with the racial justice movement that is on in the country right now and in the world, actually. And feeling extremely frustrated that they were not able to go out and march or in other ways participate to show their support of the movement. And so um, doing it in a caravan was a safe way. And it was very exciting, uh, very energizing. And I think that's one of the reasons that so many people joined in and showed up. And Zulema, I'm so happy to hear that you got that response. As some of you probably heard, there were some issues there with Zulema's phone connection. We're going to try to get her back on a better connection here. But for those of you listening, I want to invite you to join this conversation. Um, Have health conditions made it hard for you to protest? How have you gotten around that? Or maybe you have a disability, something that limits your mobility, uh, makes it hard to be out there marching. Have you still tried to join in on a protest? And if so, uh, what was that experience like? Was this something that worked for you? 
you. Um, if you're interested in joining this conversation, I want to encourage you. You can give us a call. We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Or you can also email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And Zulima, I understand you might be back with us now. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I sure can. Oh, that's great. And that does sound a bit better there. Um, boy, we just have some issues with phone lines sometimes. It's it's the age of COVID here right. for talk shows as, as well as for protests. Um, Zulema, I'm curious how being in separate cars, um, you know, you're not there sort of marching side by side. D- did that affect the sense of mission and, and the sense of togetherness you were able to feel with these other protesters? Well, I... I think that, I mean, it was certainly a different experience than marching in a large group and chanting and having speeches and so on. But um, I think people were so excited and so energized just by being able to show their support for the racial justice movement that um, just being there, being part of a group and knowing that we were all together, even if we were separated by the cars, made um, made an enormous difference. And I think one of the things, frankly, that really struck me was how much energy there was in the parking lot mm-hmm. even before people, um, even before the caravan took off. I mean, people were so excited. Mostly people stayed in their cars, but they also, um, uh, you know, um, they they also... A few people would get out, and they would come, and there were people taking pictures. The University City Symphony Orchestra volunteered to come and play string quartets while we got ready, which wow. was just a lovely addition. And also, all of the signs on the cars were just amazing. You know, people were so creative with the signs that they came up with. Um, and, and so that, I think, was the... The thing that unified us, um, uh, not only unified us in terms of what we were trying to do, but unified us in terms of feeling like we were a group participating in, in this together. Wow, that is that is just so great to hear. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear you were able to have that that feeling there, um, even if it's just in the parking lot. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, Sarah is calling from Webster Groves. Um, Sarah, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. What a great show. Thank you for Um, joining us, and and thank you for feeling that way. What has your experience been? Well, I'm also compromised, but absolutely need to pray with my feet. And uh, we've organized a vigil in Webster Groves on Friday night from 6 to 6.30 in front of Peace United Church of Christ. That's at 204 East Lockwood. And people from all over are invited to come and join us. And I love uh, what she said about the signs, because people have been very creative and very um, expressive about how they, how strongly they feel um, about justice and Black Lives Matter. And um, it's a, we spread out six feet on the sidewalk, six feet apart. And so in the beginning, we take a knee or some people lay on the ground for eight minutes and 46 seconds while we read the names of folks that have died at the hands of uh, the police. And mm-hmm. then um, we spread out, and it's a vigil, and uh, it's been, it's just such a different thing for somebody that's been marching for years to have cars 
honking in, in solidarity is really a, a wonderful thing. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for that. And and that's great to hear. I mean, Zulima, hearing about what Sarah has organized there, this seems that it really speaks to the same thing that the car caravan that you um, uh, helped to organize um, tried to, to meet those same needs right there. Yes, absolutely. And she mentioned something that was also true in our case. One of the things that was so exciting um, when we were in the parking lot, just or you know, lining up the cars, was how many people were driving by on Olive and saw us and saw the signs, and they were just tooting their horns in support. And, um, it, you know, those are the things that make this so special. And, and I think it's one of the things that has really struck me about um, the movement is, is, number one, the diversity, obviously, mm-hmm. in the people who are demonstrating but secondly, the creativity, the cu- creativity in terms of science that people come up with, but also the creativity in terms of finding ways to protest when we can't be out um, in the regular marches. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that it, it shows how much and, uh, you know, the breadth and depth of the support that there is that people are willing to engage in this other activities and to come up with new ideas of um, protesting and showing uh, solidarity. Yeah, people are really getting creative, and and you know people are finding ways to push through hurdles that that maybe would ordinarily stop them. And a great example of this, our producer Lara Hamden uh, went to a protest in Florissant recently, and she spotted a woman there at this protest who had a walker. Uh, the woman's name was Norma Harris, and Lara asked her about whether um, having that walker led to some serious complications. And here's what Norma told her. I can't go to the ones where they walk very far, and um, I've tried, and I think they just got tired of me being so slow. <laughs> so I got left behind, and I don't blame them, but it's just, you know, it's hard. But this, like here, or in Ferguson, or like a couple of them in St. Charles have been, like, they, t- they tell you where they're going to have the speakers and stuff, so I go to that, and I'm actually from Oakland, and I'm here. Oakland. I'm oh. here visiting my brother, and um, everybody, this, the people that are disabled just go to protest there. I mean, it's not like, it's just so weird for me to be, that part of it is weird for me here, because disabled people aren't integrated into the protests, and they are there. I mean, I'm like, there was protests there in the 60s and 70s were for the disabled communities. So they've always had disabled activists be integrated into the demonstrations and just the whole community. And that part of it's weird here, but, you know, I'm getting kind of used to it. And that's Norma Harris. She spoke to our producer at a protest in Florissant. And she talks about being from Oakland. And Zulema, I understand you were in Oakland for for quite some time as well. It's pure coincidence. We have these two perspectives from Oakland. But it was interesting to hear her talk about that difference, that, that at protests in Oakland, she just saw people from all walks of life, saw a lot of people with disabilities just being integrated right into that protest and, and said she didn't see that so much here. Has that been your experience of, of being out on the coast versus here in St. Louis? Yes. And, and actually, just to, to be uh, totally accurate, I, I, I never demonstrated in Oakland. Um, my involvement was in Berkeley and Berkeley, where the University of California at Berkeley is. And, and that, of course, is right next 
to Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never actually in any of the demonstrations that occurred in Oakland. But it's the same general area. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I have actually been struck by, uh, in various, you know, demonstrations and, and group events, um, how, uh, again, creative disabled people have been, like people in wheelchairs, mm-hmm. people with walkers, um, in uh, how creative they have been in finding ways to, to demonstrate. And I'm not sure that I see a difference. Mm-hmm. between um, my experiences back in the 60s and now in terms of uh, people who have, <clears throat> excuse me, have more difficulties, you know, participating in protests, I, I see it pretty much as the same. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, one big difference is that now many of us who were protesting in the 60s are much older. So, if you have, if if you look at the age, I I see many many more older Americans demonstrating now than were demonstrating back in the 60s. That's an excellent point. I yeah. mean, uh, people yeah. in your generation, you guys grew up protesting, and a lot of you never stopped, or you know, you, you right. stayed with it, and that that has really made a difference this time around. It's not just young people on the street. Yes, and and if I can uh, tell you a, a funny story. Um, one of the reasons that we decided that we needed to find some way to protest is because um, I was on a webinar, a group of us were on a webinar uh, that was put on by young people. And at one point, one of the um, organizers, one of the speakers in the webinar talked about how amazing it was that her parents who are in their 70s are so supportive. And my attitude, of course, was, no, that's not amazing at all. You know, we're the generation of the 60s. We were doing this 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point. Like, you guys were there first, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Mary is calling from South County. Uh, Mary, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. um, We uh, had an impromptu caravan. Our, Our parish, Mary Mother of the Church, we just at the very last minute, I gave everybody like four days notice, and we said, this is where we're meeting, up on the church lot, and we're going to drive to South County, bring your signs, bring your masks, and we had black and white balloons floating from the cars and signs, and cars that were passing by us were honking at intersections and giving us thumbs up, which was really energizing, even though there were only 15 cars. I considered it a success because it was last minute, and uh, one of the signs was Black Lives is pro-life, and we felt that that would speak to a lot of the Christian churches that, you know, they need to recognize and realize that and uh, just send out our message, and the people that participated were very uh, appreciative that we did a caravan because we are an older parish and we need to, <laughs> we, we wanted to express ourselves in some safe way during the COVID. Mary, that, uh, that's great to hear. And it's great to hear you got that reaction. People on the street giving you a thumbs up, even out in South County. I think that's wonderful. And Zulema, that kind of speaks to what you're saying. There's There's been a real groundswell of support this time. Um, but at the same time, you also told our producer that it, when it comes to this movement, um, you're afraid to hope too much. Why is that? 
Well, I think because, I, if, okay, let, let me, uh, first I'll say why. Um, I, I think that we have seen other movements, for that matter, in the 60s. We thought that things were going to change radically, and in fact, they did not. I mean, things are better than they were then, but um, a lot of the, you know, in, inequities, Racial inequities, social inequities continue to exist on all sorts of levels. And so that's, that, that, the 60s was a major movement, and it didn't have the, um, the results that many of us expected that it would have. But since then, you know, like when Michael Brown was killed, there were protests, and we thought, again, that this was going to bring about some fundamental change. And... Um, Again, there have been some changes made, but certainly nowhere near as many or as much or as effective as one would have hoped. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the part that makes me um, afraid to to hope too much. On the other hand, I have been very struck by the incredible diversity and the depth and how long the protests have been going on and the fact that we have... For the first time, I think, um, many, many more white people mm-hmm. who are involved in the protest and are completely supportive of um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so that does give me hope. And, you know, I, I'm hoping against hope that, that this time it really does make a difference. And that is actually the perfect note for us to end on today. And uh, I, I hope that optimism is warranted this time around. So Zulema Tang-Martinez, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.